0: all right everybody welcome back to sound of the loons presented by alina health orthopedics and this time i get to be joined by a very special minnesota united player Uh, we will call you a center back but i kind of kind of want to call you just like an all-around defensive guru. I don't want to just pigeonhole you into just the center back situation, but Daniil Henry gets to join me from Orlando, from Florida, where it's sunny, maybe a little bit warmer than here, as everyone can see. I still have my, my winter hat on. I didn't even want to take it off when I got inside today, but Daniil, thanks for joining me. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, I guess we got different type of hats on. I'm blocking the sun and you're kind of keep your head and your ears warm. So uh, I'm doing well. Um, preseason so far in Orlando has been really good, really tough. But no, so far I'm enjoying my time so far with the with the loons. I'm looking forward to keep on.
0: Yeah, I mean, you say it's really tough, but you've been through your fair share of preseasons before, and not just preseasons for MLS, but also we can talk a little bit about your um your status and in, in your career with, of course. The national team with the Canadian national team, you're Canadian, you're from Canada, and you have uh, been a part of the national team for quite some time. And I do want to hit on that before we dive into the Minnesota United stuff, before the MLS stuff. What can you say, what what has it been like to be part of the Canadian national team since your youth, but then also the development, the progress that you've seen finishing at the top of the table in CONCACAF, qualifying for the World Cup, and whether you were part of every roster or not, you were part of the foundation that has built this Canadian national team. How much pride do you have in that?
1: Yeah, so much pride. Um, I've been with the national team for the the better of a decade. Um. Um, getting my first cap against Trinidad and then obviously being a part of the game that qualified us in Toronto against Jamaica um to send us to give us birth into the World Cup um being a part of all of the squads and then um having this a difficult time just trying to stay fit and healthy and then struggling with fitness um I can say that this year I wanted to make sure that I tackled it and got in and just get all the dirty work done and no hiding from it um just trying to get fit trying to get healthy but um the growth of the national team has been immense since John Herman took over um, and really getting down to the nitty-gritty of why this team hasn't been successful. Um, some uh, exhilarating young youth and fearless talents. And then you have some vet presence like myself and um, legends in the game like Atiba Hushin and Milan Borjong. And then, you know, we, 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 find a good balance of why, um, hard work and then talent and, and a brotherhood. Um, and find ourselves in a position of the best team in CONCACAF and then go to Canada's, um, again, World Cup birth, um, before 2026 when it's going to be given to us, um, and making sure that we, we really earned it this time around. So, um, no, just always proving people wrong and just staying collective as a unit and. And, and getting the job done. i was so excited for the boys, obviously, for myself, getting injured in um, one of the lead-up games um, with the team. But um, knowing that I still was able to play a part in, and be the eyes and the ears and the heartbeat of the team, um, I'll, I'll definitely cherish that forever.
0: Well, we can talk about how important that is, whether you're in the squad, whether you're in the 18, whether you're in the 11, whatever it might be, the importance of sort of, still having that leadership and that voice and just kind of leading the line on this is the right way to do things how much have you taken that on yourself specifically with the national team before we get into MLS
1: yeah it was hard because um just like any other player um, it's always been a dream and just to see it just crumble just days before the tournament starts it was, it was a lot to emotionally to deal with but um i had to get over myself quite quickly because I knew that going home would have made me feel better. And um, when I know that my teammates and my coaching staff you know, wanted me there um, to play that role, to, to keep balance um, within the team and, and making sure that we could keep emotionally in check and still be able to to put up performances, um, I wanted to make sure I wasn't letting anybody down. Um, and I felt like that was the the best situation for myself, um, to be able to to continue to just breathe life into my teammates and, um, and also enjoy it while being there.
0: You're 29 now. I believe you'll turn 30. Is it in April? How much yeah. are you eyeing this next World Cup in 2026?
1: Yeah, I have everything to play for now that we've um, all had a taste of it. Um, we want more. We know we know what it's like. We know what kind of beasts are at the tournament now. And we also know that now that we can compete. Um, so um, knowing that... Um, we have another three and a half years to, to prepare um, and to also play some more of the competition in um, the world. We have more time to, to better prepare ourselves for, for what the world stage holds. Um, so we're all excited and looking forward for that challenge.
0: Let's talk about your journey in MLS, starting out with Toronto, Vancouver, Toronto, LAFC, back to Toronto, a lot of Canadian vibes in there. But what has your journey been like for you personally and how did you seen your growth over your time in this league?
1: Yeah, this league gave me every opportunity to to be a professional, um, starting from the academy and then um seeing that professionals are also humans. Um blood, sweat, tears. <laughs> emotions, feelings and not being able to see them in the physical and not on TV. I, I got that respect of understanding that I can be just like them, if not better. So I, I always use that as my fuel and hunger, um, to, to make it to the next level. Um this league has just keep growing every year. It's, it's getting faster, stronger and then the young talent that they bring in from places in the world that you would never find players and no players are getting sold for transfer fees. You see it every day. Um in football that the M L S is now being able to, to let some of the, the best talents in the world were playing Champions League Finals, winning Champions League Finals, like Alfonso Davies. and These are the type of players that um, they're selling now. So it's good to see that the league has made some major, um, major strides and being able to be an attractive league in the world.
0: How do you view your role with Minnesota United? And also, how did this move come to be for you? And what made you think that this was the right fit at the right time for you in your career?
1: Yeah, um, Asian's always been a manager that I um, admired from a distance. Obviously, I've never played under him, but I've played against teams that he's coached. Um, just having the respect and understand how his teams play. Um, when it did come up, while I was um, at the World Cup, I was excited because um, this is probably the first time in two years where I was able to know my situation before the season started. Um, I haven't had a preseason in about two years when I had to like force a move to get out of Korea because of all the COVID stuff and the protocols um, and then going to LAFC late into preseason and then just fighting for fitness, just just fighting to just kind of catch up with everything. Um, I was here from day one, so I'm looking forward to um, getting as fit as possible and being able to allow my body to take the beat in now so that I can um, show everybody why when I'm fit and healthy that I'm, <laughs> I'm a good player. Um so it's never been and Daniel's not a good player. It's always been he can't stay fit. So um, I'm looking forward to um having a good season. Um they know me. Um they know the quality that I can bring to this group. Um leadership, all of that stuff is great, but um, I'm a player and I'm really looking forward to showing it this season.
0: You might be one of the few, you know, that is was really looking forward to preseason, right? Because you sometimes you don't know what you had and so you don't have it. And now you're being fully...
1: Don't get, me wrong. Full- <laughs>
0: Don't get <laughs> me wrong. Preseason,
1: there's there's nothing, like, there's no hiding in preseason. You have to get the work done. and I'm not shying away from it this year because I really need to get it done um, more than ever in my life. So, yeah, as much as it hurts and it sucks, um, I'm embracing it. I'm going to embrace the beat and then just make sure that when it's done, I can just stay on on the straight and narrow and just make sure that my body is able to keep going.
0: Well, what a a line to toe though, for you as a veteran of this league and, of course, just of how many preseasons over the course of your lifetime that you've had at every single level. And we talked to Will Trapp a few weeks ago, and I don't think anyone thoroughly enjoys doing the beep test. No one enjoys staying fit, but there's a satisfaction when you show up and you can feel like... You're ready for this. And yes, it's always going to be still a grind and it's going to be difficult mentally and physically. But at the end of the day, when you know that you've put in the work, what a feeling that is when you show up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, Guys were able to make sure they give their body the the right amount of rest, but still able to keep a a good base fitness coming in and and being able. It's it's definitely easier than the guys were either coming back from injuries coming back or just didn't do anything over the off season. Yeah, you, you pay for that but as a professional it's our job and our duty to try and stay healthy stay fit and yeah now it's now it's time more than ever for myself to make sure I get back to that fitness where I, I'm able to do the demands on a day-to-day basis so yeah now is the time for me for sure well, and there's
0: always somebody waiting in the wings to step up, whether it's to take your spot, to fill a hole, to prove themselves. It's a younger guy. It's you know you coming in and new to the squad. So when you look at this roster and the depths of this roster and some of the center backs, we know DeBassy, of course, still out injured, but you've got Michael Box, Obrant, Coleman. We could go down the list of a couple more. But how do you feel yourself fitting into this back line?
1: Yeah, it's my style of football. Um, uh, great guys. Um they've been here for a long stints um of their careers. So no, it's good. What I what I find what makes a, a a defensive group um good is that everybody enjoys the the competition. Um not in a toxic environment where we're all um, being like shit characters into each other, but no, like whoever's the guy, whoever wins it's salute to you, like just know I'm on your heels. But that's just how it goes and that's what's gonna better everybody's game. So no, everybody's been respectful and it's been good fun. But um, at the end of the day, you know, like it's the it's, it's the job. So while here, just everybody just working hard to get the starting spot for sure.
0: Is there anybody on this roster that you knew or were familiar with? Of course, Dane St. Clair with the Canadian national team this last time around. You've probably spent some time with him. But anybody else on this roster that you're familiar with or, were, you know, have you spoken to Michael Boxall before, someone that you might be playing alongside a decent amount?
1: No, I didn't talk to a majority of the guys uh, before coming here. But, like, when you play in the league for the amount of years that I have, like, you know, players either playing against them or other changes. So, when you when you see people, it's pretty easy to, to fit into a change It's not my first time in the MLS change room, anyway. So, no, majority of the guys, we all, we got to know each other from either uh, competition or being on the other side of change So, we always talk about our experience of when we came into the league, what it was like before, what it's like now, going into our probably 10th, tenth, 10th, tenth Around the ten to twelve preseason and different expectations, but no, everybody, everybody comes in and like we're just ready to go. Uh, you know, off season sometimes can be very long. Um, once you get that break and that emotional refresh, that refresh that's so important. And then you come back and you're lively and you're rejuvenated and you're just ready to go. So it makes it easier and better when you're around guys who share the same interests and want to win. This has been a team, a playoff team. Um, it's a hard working team. And, and they stick to that. It's something that I, I'm looking to buy into.
0: Is there anything in particular from your time with the club so far when you came in, probably the beginning of January? I think you guys maybe were in like January 6th or something like that. But since you've arrived that you've maybe been pleasantly surprised about something that you didn't know, something that impressed you, something that was just kind of a shock to you? Because because you have been a part of this league for so long and a couple different clubs, anything in particular that stood out to you?
1: Yeah, I would say like they're pretty organized. Um, from from when I knew I was gonna be here, um, staff reaching out and making sure I, if I needed anything, I, I had it. Um, the med team has been amazing. Um, knowing that I was coming in, um, from an injury uh, that I sustained at the World Cup. Um, yeah, players. Dane. Dane's been here for a while, so it's always been easy adjusting. So no, I'm just in the transition of getting settled as soon as possible. So that would make my. Me more comfortable and knowing that I have my place and everything sorted out. But besides that, um, Angie. Uh,
0: I was just gonna say, you gotta know Josh, Angie Blaker. I mean, she okay. does everything.
1: <laughs> Angie, um, Josh Corbin, um, the mad staff, the players, everybody's been really welcoming um, and helping me um, adjust really quickly. So, which makes me feel better, so I can just focus on my football, and then yeah, eventually we can just get 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 to the business.
0: You've spent some time with with Dane. You have any dirt on him that maybe the Minnesota United guys aren't aware of? Did you share any like? Did he have to do any like young player like dance and sing along with the Canadian national team that you were able to kind of hold over his head with the with the Minnesota United crew or no? No,
1: nah, To be fair, like he's been he's been a good boy. He's um he's one of the guys that um I've drawn to really really close. It's funny the first time I met Dane, I didn't even know he was a footballer. I was <laughs> I was with his best friend Kamal Miller at the time. And when I met him, I had no idea um that he he played um at Minnesota. So it's pretty funny. That's how our first and the next thing you know he's rocking up the national team cap. I'm like, oh, you're, you're a player. Like I had no idea, but um no, he's good. He's he's really commanding. He he he's a young player with a really really bright future. Um, he does the right things. He plays himself like a professional. Um, he's loud. He's vocal. He, he has confidence. So um, he's just gonna keep growing. So when you have those kind of things, he has a good coach in, in, in Stuart Kerr here, who I've known for a very long time. So no, um, he continues to do the right things. Um, good things will happen. But no, besides that, uh, Dane's he's a gamer. I'm pretty sure they all know he's a gamer, but I, I don't play games. But I just watch him play games all day in the room. So yeah, that's, it that's was, what it is.
0: it was fun seeing him last year um, at Allianz Field as an All Star? And you know, um, I think that he's, they all know he was going to be good when, when they drafted him, but sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Or when some of these guys, even with international guys, you don't know until they get here. I mean, this league is a different animal sometimes for what they've come from. And, you know, you have guys coming from different countries and trying to adapt and get their families here and whatnot. But when you, when you look at this, this particular roster and you played against some of them clearly played some with some of them, maybe at different clubs or, or with the national team, was there anybody that kind of blew you out of the water um, when, when then you've gotten to play with them rather than against them? You know, you, 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 always hear about those guys. You hate to play against them, but you love to have them on your team or somebody's skill set. you know, that you've gotten to watch from afar and now you can kind of see what they can do.
1: Yeah. This player's, um has been a team that um, as a collective, they're a lot harder to break down. So it's not an easy team to, to, to break down. Um, they're really very tight-knit in their principles of how they defend and how they attack. Um, I haven't seen all the players, but a player who so far who has um, really impressed me in preseason is young player Cam Cameron uh, Dunbar, who's obviously spent a lot of time in LA. Um, he's been really lively. I'm looking forward to seeing him get his opportunity in the MLS. Bongi's been top to me, really lively winger striker. But, yeah. Besides, besides that, uh, um, everybody's been been really good and everybody's been fit. So, um, still looking forward for a few more players to join the group, and then we go from there.
0: And last but not least, what would you consider a successful season for you when you look at how your career has gone? When you look at your personal goals, what kind of boxes do you want to check check off this season?
1: Playing in playoffs, get those done, and I'm I'm happy. So. And once I know, once you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. But um, I need to get back to, um, playing, playing, and keeping in the lineup and staying injury free. But once I, I get a room of games and I stay healthy and I find my find my stride, like yeah, um, I'm gonna be a force to reckon with.
0: And I lied. One more question. If you if you had one thing that maybe Minnesota United fans don't know about you, any fun fact, any particular hobby, something that's a little unusual, something that just people don't know as they're getting to getting to learn their loons here and you're, and you're a newcomer.
1: Yeah, I love a coffee shop and I like walking my dog. My mom, so they might catch me outside doing that majority of the time. When I'm not playing, that's exactly what I'll be doing. What kind of dog? I have a French bulldog.
0: Oh, nice. Well, you know, everyone, everyone here, plenty of coffee shops in Minneapolis and in the surrounding suburbs and plenty of dogs in this area. So that'll be once the, once the yeah, 20 below goes away, <laughs> maybe not right now, but once it's not 20 below outside, uh, yeah. I'm sure we'll catch you walking your dog and head into a coffee shop. So, well, thank you so much so, Danielle. I appreciate you taking the time. I know it's a grind. I know you guys are in two days and, and games and practices and training sessions and gym sessions and everything else. So I appreciate you taking the time today to join me.
1: Anytime. Can't wait to formally meet you, but thanks again.
0: Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye, Kendra. See you later. All right, everybody. Stay tuned. Next coming up on Sound of the Loons podcast presented by Alina Health Orthopedics. We have a special treat. CEO Sherry Ballard. Not only is she going to give us an update on all the happenings with Minnesota United from a business side, and I'm sure she's looking forward to getting back to Allianz Field, but also to celebrate women and girls in sports day. It is coming up here just around the corner. So stay tuned. When injury takes you out of the game, it's time for your team to step up. At Alina Health Orthopedics, you'll get expert care backed by a whole health system of providers. With records, test results, and care team, you are always close to the care you need. Schedule now at alinahealth.org ortho. All right, everybody, welcome back to Sound of the Loons podcast presented by Alina Health Orthopedics. Now I get the the pleasure of speaking with the one, the only, the myth, the legend, Sherry Ballard, CEO of Minnesota United. Good morning. How are you?
2: I'm doing great. Are you kidding me? You're sort of the myth and the legend. Now I went from seeing you every day to I barely see you at all now. We miss you around here. It's really good to see you.
0: I know it's it's weird not being I was saying this the other day, especially like at training every day. I mean, when the team goes away for preseason, we're always kind of out of the loop a little bit. But at least like I was watching Adrian Heath's media availability yesterday um, that he did from Orlando. And I just feel like I had to catch up. I had to get back in the loop on some of the stuff. And then I'm like writing all these notes down. and I'm like, why am I writing all these notes about what he's saying? I'm not even doing Minnesota United, you know, their first game of the season against Dallas. But I just feel like I need to do that.
2: You are or you are hopefully doing our home opener, though, aren't you?
0: Yeah, that's the that's the plan. That's the agenda, you know, um, but we'll see. That's uh, that should be epic. Hopefully not a blizzard. Although with, what does it feel like today? Negative twenty five outside.
2: That is correct. I was talking to Adrian yesterday and he was he was commenting on the weather in Florida. And then as soon as he said it, he kind of started laughing, he said, I'm saying that to somebody who's sitting in like minus twenty five right now, are you? I said, yeah, something like that, I think.
0: Yeah. And when I was talking to Danielle Henry yesterday, we were talking about the weather and he's Canadian, but he said even people were telling him before he came to Minnesota and signed with the team that like, Oh, Minnesota is a different kind of cold. And he was like, what do you mean? We're Canadian. (laughs) And I was like, no, it could still be, you've got like the Alberta clipper up there. You guys, you guys named that, but we've got the polar vortex. So (laughs) we're we're even, but the sun is shining today. So we'll take it. Um, we had to actually shut our blinds, which I'll take that too. Yes. Um, I want to just catch up with you because I think, you know, I think it's always great for people to people want to hear the soccer side. And we talk a lot of soccer, but the business side is always a little bit of an intrigue as well. And we know that they mesh, they overlap, they combine um, with how you operate the business, but part of the business and a major chunk of it, of course, is the team and the sporting side. So, you know, evaluating last year, how it ended, how it went from a soccer and business perspective, and then looking ahead to 2023 with the world cup, smooshed in the middle there yeah Um, it kind of felt like it just flew by but how would you evaluate the club based on last year and heading into this season
2: I would say the same the time here so I mean we've been working together what almost two years at this point the time has been flying so I would I would say the same you know I mean I think in terms of just overall state of the club if you know if I could if I could say it that way I mean you're right I would start with competitively you know, how we see things, because it is what we do, and it's at the core of what we do. We play soccer, and we play it at a very high level, and we have big aspirations there, Um, and the work is to use soccer to, you know, expand its reach and bring the community together and inspire people and give folks an amazing experience at Allianz that they can't get anywhere else, but it starts with soccer and being competitive on the field. You know, I think in terms of the state of that, it would be I think difficult to argue that in the in a relatively short amount of time that the club has been in MLS, we've had good success. Playoffs the last four years, which most of our fans know at this point, and you know, the longest active streak of teams going to the playoffs. And we're we're young. So we're proud of that. And I think it's a major accomplishment for the club. And it speaks to the people who built it before I got here. Um, and we're also at a place where we aspire for more than making the playoffs. You know, we want to and need to get it to one more level here, which is to get us hosting a home playoff game, to get a run deeper into the playoffs. And ultimately our ambition is to win an MLS Cup. And it is hard in every pro sport to win a championship, but that is our aspiration. And we're all looking for for the club to take the next level in doing that competitively this year. Uh, As you know, we've we've continued to work on the roster and over the course of the last year and a half, um, you know, have worked to get a little bit younger players uh, mixed in with a core of veterans who are great professionally, are very talented, and bring the kind of locker room leadership we need. Um, But between last year's signings and the signings this year in the offseason, it is a youth movement at Minnesota United. We've gone, for the most part, younger and we're pleased about the mix. And so I think it's also going to be really interesting this year. You know, we've got, we'll have Bongi year two, we've got, you know, Rosales here, we've got Ariaga, who right now is healthy and looks great. And having those guys here for year two, um, some new young guys that are coming in. And like I said, mixed with a blend of, of leadership with guys who are professionals who play at a super high level um, and know how to help these young guys be the best versions of themselves. So I'm excited for the year. You know, it's sort of a normal job when we're in the off season. And so I think we're all ready for the season to start up and we're excited, you know, so I think competitively, I guess that's how I would assess it. I love, you know, how we started and where we're at, but we're looking for the next level of performance there. Um, I think in terms of the community aspect of what we do as a club, which, you know, very well is a major, major component of who we are as a club and how we try to bring value to the community beyond soccer. I'm really pleased uh, with how that has expanded. You know, we've expanded our own community team. So we've got more folks who are dedicated to doing that and helping us have impact. We've got, at this point, almost 80 corporate partnerships with some of the absolute best companies in Minnesota and almost all of them, you know, in addition to wanting to be part of the game day experience, work with us because they're trying to do amazing things in the community and they really like the reach of the club, um, you know, and helping them understand where there are community needs and, you know, how we can partner and partner with other agencies in the community uh, to do that. So I'm I'm extremely proud of the impact we've had in the community and our ability to support people at times of need. Uh, Food insecurity, as you know, is a big element of what our community is dealing with even more so now. Um, And we have Impact in that on a monthly basis uh, with our partners at Allianz and did a bunch around the all-star game with that too. Um, And we're doing a lot to expand the reach of soccer. We've uh, in partnership with our, uh, our folks from Alina, where we sponsor a power soccer team, which is honestly some of the coolest. I
0: saw the video.
2: Yeah. They just played in a tournament in Phoenix a few weeks ago. They're good. You know, so we've got that, we've got unified soccer and uh, we've now got Amos McGee leading our Academy uh, and so we're reaching deeper into the communities in terms of youth soccer uh, and helping to create access for all kinds of kids from, you know, all kinds of families and communities. So I'm I'm really proud of what this club does as a community. I remember you and I talked before I started and I you know, I said, I think this is going to be a community job in certain ways. And it's been even way more of a community job than I thought it was going to be. So I would say those things are probably at the top of the list in terms of, state of the club what i'm proud of but also where we need to continue to expand our reach and you know the rest of it is internal stuff you know culturally continuing to to grow continuing to help folks who are you know at various stages in their career understand what their talents are and how to apply them and importantly team with other people in a collaborative way so that we're we're getting better internally as a club too you know we talk about that on the field but it's on every single one of us at the club to be better Every single year. And, you know, my view on that and everybody at the club knows it and they're probably sick of it is our biggest opportunity internally is to get a much more collaborative culture, uh, get people really seeing that there are people who know how to do things they don't and putting those pieces together, much like Adrian is tasked with doing on the field with the guys is a really important element of how I think the club gets to the next level. I love the progress, uh, but we still have a lot of work to do there too. So the other stuff is more internal. I don't know how much our fans are interested in it, but we're doing a lot of that inside the club too, to, to be a better performing club.
0: Well, I will say this, um, you can tell we've done a few of these because I was literally going to go to the community piece next and you just went right there. So that was, that was an easy transition, but I do know that that was important to you when you were thinking about taking this job and this yeah. this opportunity is being more connected to the community that you were already living in and a part of. And I would be remiss if I didn't give a massive shout out to the community relations group. And also all the video, you know, everybody that's involved in putting that stuff out there and and capturing it um, to make sure that everybody understands that that community is there, not to like shine the light on, everything Minnesota United is doing, but it's more just to let the community at large know this is out there and you can be a part of it too. It's not just people within the club. So a massive shout out to that whole group that's always involved. They're not just shooting training every day and and recording our podcast and editing and putting them out there. They're they're the ones that are out there putting together these fabulous pieces, whether it's power, soccer, or whatever it might be, the youth, the academy. I ran into a guy the other day. I literally was getting my dry cleaning. And they're like, hey, what's the name? And I'm like, "D. St. Aubin and the guy looks at me next, like the guy picking up his shirts. He's like, Kendra? He's like, I'm going to meet with Amos on Thursday. He's like, I've been a ref around here for 30 years. I go, oh, man, we appreciate, appreciate you guys. And He goes, do you, though? Yes. <laughs> and yes. I was like, yes. I was like, I know you guys have a really hard job, but we do appreciate it. He goes, oh, I refed Amos. He's like, I probably ref you. You know, I ref. he's like, I'm dating myself here. I ref Tony. He's like, Tony San is showing me how slow I am because his legs are so long. He was just flying around the field. So, so, I mean, it's soccer in this community. We talk about the history and the culture of soccer in the state of Minnesota. I mean, it's just, it's so far reaching and it's so fun to see. And we'll be back at Allianz soon with, with Minnesota United playing and hopefully not, you know, six feet of snow out there, but either way, people will have a blast and enjoy it thoroughly. So what is the club's business side? We talk about the soccer side of reaching the playoffs, getting to the next round, MLS Cup, of course, is is the ultimate goal from a business side and from your chair and where you're sitting. What is the business version of reaching the playoffs, getting to the next round? Like when you're kind of, you know, checking off your list of things to do?
2: Yeah. Well, the first thing I would say is the club, including the business side, is to deliver on our mission, which, as you well know, is to promote soccer. And in the promotion of soccer, use it to inspire and engage the community and have us do things together uh, that bring the community together. So the, the why of the club is a hundred percent about using the reach of soccer to bring people together and to inspire and support the community. And there are certainly other aspects of it that have to do with, you know, growing our, just growing the financial performance of our club. You know, we are, we are a business. And so, you know, continuing to grow our sponsorship and, Um, making sure that our revenue and our fan, our game day experience is all healthy and growing in the way it needs to is a really important aspect of what we do. Um, You know, but the economics of any business, including the club are not the why you don't do it to make money. I mean, you, you try to make money so you can continue to do your mission, but it's about, it's about the mission and the purpose of the club. There's no question about that. And that, that is one thing that that you all had built so strongly when I got here, there is a real, deep attraction across the club. Um, There's lots of different cool people that work here and they're motivated by different things, but the commonality is the core mission of the club, soccer, promoting soccer, and using the platform of soccer uh, to have a positive impact in the community in really meaningful ways. And, you know, the point you made earlier about just how far that goes It is, we've got an amazing community relations team in, you know, Corey and Melinda and Chris, and they they are they're, they're smart beyond their years. They work really hard, they're well networked. But that every aspect of our club is involved in that. I mean, you you mentioned our, you know, all of our content folks are involved in that. They probably spend as much time in the community helping to tell the stories of the community as they do telling the story of soccer. It's true for our sales teams. It's true for our ops teams. Um, So that that aspect of the club, I think it's a little bit less about shining the light on the club. It's more about using the platform that is soccer and Minnesota United soccer to truly have a positive and lasting impact in the community that, you know, that we're a part of and that we serve.
0: And I know you told me when we very first met that, you know, every time you had come back from a meeting that was about Minnesota United and talked to your family and your friends and to Marianne about it, there was an energy about it. Does this still fill your cup for you? I mean, is this is this still filling it to the top? And and the the learning? Cause I know you like to learn too. You like challenges. So what has it been for you personally?
2: Yeah, it is definitely. I love the people. Um, that's what I was saying. Like I'm not not joking like I, I was in Blaine a few weeks ago before the guys left for training and I was watching the new guys train and it's like you weren't there. it was so it was just weird, you know so the the aspect of it that is it's always about the people, you know and I I love the people of the club. I love our fan base. they're accessible uh, you know they I mean they reach out to me. I have lunch with them. I mean it's just there's an element of just how accessible all of this is. That is very very cool. So yeah, that part's still great. I love it. Um, I'm still learning a lot about the sport, which is also great. Um, and I love the competition of it a lot. So yes, it's. Uh, I know that's a long answer for uh, yes. It's, yeah, uh, and it's I know you're. Very, it's a great job. It's a great. I job. know you're
0: competitive, and I don't know if you know, but on the, one of the first podcasts we did this year, Manny was talking about how he really misses the fitness aspect. You know, he misses seeing these guys do the beep test, and I was like, I'm sure that Sean could get together a staff beep test if you really felt like you were missing it, you know? So if you're super competitive, maybe it'll just be you and Manny out there running the beep test. I don't think
2: I'm gonna try to compete with Manny in other ways. Like that's <laughs> I don't I don't think it's gonna be that. I like <laughs> I like to compete and I like to win. So I, I don't think I'm gonna I don't think I'm gonna get the winning outcome on that one would be my guess.
0: Well, we'll see. I mean, I don't know if his knee is his. He might be just a big talker there. I think sometimes, you know, your your mind is willing and your body isn't able. I've experienced that several times now. Me
2: too. Trust me.
0: <laughs> but let's talk a little bit about what it means for this club to advance to the playoffs four years in a row. I've talked to the sporting guys about that. I can talk to Adrian about I can talk to me and I can talk to players. I've talked to Will Trapp. What that means when they're a veteran of this team and of this league to know what it takes to get there. So from a barometer, what does it mean for the club from a sporting side, but also a business side? When you're looking at what does success on the field do for this team, for this club? We already know the fan experience in Allianz is second to none. We've seen it. We've witnessed it. Everybody who comes here says the same thing. It's a bucket list stadium to get to an experience to get to because everyone does such a fantastic job with it. But on the pitch, how does that translate into your your world?
2: Yeah, it's, I mean, you know this, but it's absolutely critical because there's, you know, there's a couple elements to expanding our mission. One of them, to your point, has to do with what happens on game day. And our first responsibility is to put a amazing experience on for our fans at Allianz. That is the North Star for us. That includes the quality of play on the field. And that includes every single one of us doing everything we can to make that fan experience special on game day. That will stay the North Star and we'll continue to invest and focus on making that better and better each year. Absolutely. But there's also an element that has to do with and this is not just with Minnesota United, but has to do with the need to grow the sport overall. You know, we're we're early here in the U.S., relatively speaking, and it's growing like crazy in terms of interest. But it's still, you know, well behind what you, what we see with the NFL or the NBA or Major League Baseball or even hockey here in Minnesota and beyond. And so there's also a charge for all of us in the sport to help grow it beyond its current state. And to do that, to your point, the most important thing first is that across MLS, we've got quality on the field. And so that, that matters a lot. And then you have to have the ability to tell the stories in a way that create interest for people. And I'm, and I'm, I am very much in the camp of, you know, interest is usually two things, you know, it's scores and it's stories. And so both of those, both of those really matter. And I think, you know, the Apple deal that the league has just signed, I think one of the benefits of that Apple deal is to, you know, remove any restrictions our fans have Anywhere across the US, anywhere across our community, in terms of at least being able to get access to the content and the games. And I think longer term, global access to all of the MLS games and access across the US to MLS games is going to be a really important part of growing the sport. There's also going to be a lot of, and we're the, our content folks who are fabulously talented are doing a lot of work right now also to as part of that apple arrangement each of the clubs will have what's called kind of a club room um and that that part is i think a really nice platform for each of us as clubs to be able to tell the stories that are in and around our club and the sport whether that's you know players the history of the club games the community aspects so i think those components of being able to extend the reach of soccer and minnesota united soccer are a really critical part to the longevity of the sport in the us and for sure to the longevity of the sport here in minnesota and it all starts with having a really great entertaining but very high quality team you know that's capable of winning the cup and that's fun to watch and everything you know emanates from that but it won't be enough i guess is my point you know i mean we're going to have to grow the sport beyond the you know 20 games a year with the friendlies that you know we're hosting at Allianz and get more fan engagement I still do get some of that you know people either tend to be oh my god Minnesota United like they know us they know the sport or it's like you know is that the is that is that the women's team or is that you know it's it's so bifurcated I think in terms of you know people's kind of understanding and involvement in it and so there's a lot of opportunity there
0: I agree with you because even not just in this market, I mean, that's true across the country still, or I should say North America with the Canadian teams as well. You could be in the most soccer dominant market, um, which when we would travel and, and I'd take an Uber somewhere if I wasn't flying with the team and I flew separately. And, you know, the driver was always like, a huge soccer fan, but you'd say, what are you in town for? Oh, I'm here for Seattle Sounders, Minnesota United. Be like, oh, I've never been to a game. Well, who's your team? Real Madrid, you know, whatever it was. Like, right, right. so it is, it's, it, it is crazy because that, and slowly but surely, I think that is meshing and melding um across the United States, across North America. And even things like we have Leagues Cup coming up, right? This summer, that will help as well with the League MX. And then of course you have the World Cup that we just came off of and the Women's World Cup this summer. So there's always all these things that continue to grow the sport and that success of the sport in as a whole just translate into everything that you want to do on the business side of things.
2: Uh, yeah you're 100% right I think the point you made a little bit earlier too about the depth of the soccer community and the history here in Minnesota you know which is that's part of you know what I learned when I got to the club the history of it is just uh, amazing stories which we've got I think a, a responsibility as a club to do a better job of helping to tell the stories of soccer in Minnesota and the history of soccer in Minnesota. We also have fans who, you know, there is hardcore about U.S. soccer and MLS soccer and Minnesota United soccer, you know, as anybody might be about Premier League right here in our community, you know, which is also a fun part of the job, you know, it's like, because, you know, I'm a fan too. And so I understand where it comes from in terms of the love and the hate relationship with the club and, you know lots of commentary on if i were in your job this is what i would be doing but i'll tell you the one thing we don't lack which i appreciate so much our fans are not apathetic they care they have points of view they're not shy about saying it and to me that is one of the that's one of the reasons i absolutely love sports
0: yeah, I mean, talk to LA Galaxy right now, right? I mean, they've they've got they've got their supporters group is is voicing their opinions, you know, and they feel like they have an an a say in some of this because they are the consumer, and you've dealt in consumer coming from Best Buy, you understand what that's like. And at the end of the day, this is a consumer product too, hundred percent.
2: And uh, and like I said, I'm a fan too, you know. So I'm just as capable of sitting in the stands at you know at a Michigan football game. <laughs> and giving my expert opinion on exactly what should be happening there, uh, you know, whether I'm right or not, who knows, but that's sports, you know, when you want yeah. that. So we're, we are very, very blessed in this community to have a lot of people who know the history of it, who are deeply engaged in it, who are smart about it and care about the club.
0: Well, and you, we talk a little bit about accessibility as far as just being able to access the games. You mentioned the Apple deal, and you mentioned what that's going to do internationally, whatever, globally, however you want to say it. But let's transition sort of into a different sort of accessibility. We we wanted to talk to you also about National Women and Girls in Sports Day, which is coming up here. And I know we'd had the Title IX conversation. Last, we can have it every year, but it was the 50th anniversary last year. Yeah. And just talking about sort of the growth and the accessibility, you've talked about your own experience growing up in Michigan, what was accessible to you as an athlete, as a young lady, and then now you transition into your role now, and there's been more executives in this league that are now women that we're seeing come about, DC United, of course, and then Portland uh, Thorns Timbers just announcing as well. So when you think about where it was when you started, just as a whole, girls, women in sports what that afforded you, what it taught you, and then transitioning to now where you're at, how would you say that's that's gone and what has it done for you personally?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I I was fortunate in growing up that I had access to sports. It was a little bit more limited in terms of, you know, what sports I had access to, kind of, you know, traditional, you know, softball, basketball, you know, track. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
2: Soccer was not uh, an option. And I was just talking to... um, one of our newer uh, team members on the um, ticket sales side of things, I was I do. I mean, you know, I do one-on-ones with all of the our team members here, and I was chatting with her on Friday, um, and she grew up playing women's rugby, and I was like, "What? Don't mess with
0: her!" <laughs> I was like,
2: "Really? You know?" So the just you know, she and I've I've got her by a lot of years. She's much younger than I am, but you know, so it was sports where um, I had access to them for sure. It was a little bit more limited in terms of the range of things I could play. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything that I didn't really, I mean, I enjoyed sports a lot. So I played because it was fun. Um, you know, I played because I loved the games. I loved the camaraderie. I liked competing. I liked winning. Um, but as I got older and, you know, now I'm kind of at a point in my life where you think about those things a little bit differently in terms of what shapes you as a leader and, you know, how you approach things. And the things I learned playing, for me, it was mostly team sports. But the things I learned playing team sports are, I think, pretty central to who I am as a person, how I see life. And, you know, when I'm the best version of myself, how I try to go about engaging in it, you know, I try to, I think sports, you know, force you to sort of be clear on what your own talents are, you know, uh, they, they, team sports really force you to get clear on, who, what other people's talents are and appreciate where people have skill in something that you don't, um, you know, to put those things together truly in a collaborative way where what you're trying to accomplish is something greater than some individual statistic. You know, it's about a team and what a team can do together. Uh, and there's, I have just found so much meaning in my life in those kinds of settings. And that has translated to, you know, my, my work life, You know, my whole life, it was true at Best Buy. It's definitely been true here where, I mean, it's sort of people think it's cliche, but it's really true. I mean, life is a team sport. And so the the things I learned from being able to play and be involved in sports, you know, I've carried with me my whole life. And I think they've made me hopefully, you know, a more well-rounded person, somebody who is better able to appreciate the gifts of others, somebody who, um, you know, finds meaning. In, in the dailiness of things, um, and what you do with each other, that is really ultimately what this is all about. And so sports has been, and still is, uh, I can't imagine my life without, without sports and to see it now being expanded so much in terms of the range of things that women and girls can be involved in and are involved in, um, to see how sport can bring people together when you you know, you may be first generation um, and, have you know, love soccer. And now maybe you find, you find a community here of other people who love soccer, too. Um, so it's not just it's not just women and gender, although I think it has been for me. And I know this is true for you, too, because we've talked about it. It's been um, unbelievable. But to see the impact and the greater accessibility, if I could say it that way, that girls and and boys and young people have today. Uh, I'm, I think it does nothing but bode well for their health and happiness as human beings. And, you know, hopefully our ability as people to keep figuring out how to come together uh, to do meaningful things rather than, you know, sitting in divisive camps that don't drive meaning in in any way and leave you feeling hollow, you know. So I'm, a, as you, you well know, and so does everybody here, I'm a sports homer. I make no apologies for it. Uh, I love them and can't imagine my life without them.
0: Well, and I think so much of it too is is sometimes what you grew up with, the environment you grew up in. I know with, you know, I have an older brother and my dad was all sports. So it was never even a thought like that I was gonna join in when they were playing lightning in in the driveway, that I was gonna go play hot box, you know, with my brother and his friends, even though he wasn't very nice to me, that I would go golfing, you know, with my grandpa and my dad. And so yeah. I think sometimes it just depends. But at the end of the day, I think too, what so much why Congress created this initiative. Um, for the first week of February every year in the National Girls and Women's in Sports Day is not just about the ability to get on the pitch or get on the field or on the court. It's what it does for confidence. And there may have been a time, we can talk Title IX nine, nine, and of course what that um, did for for women and girls in sports, and you can talk about Billie King and you know all these kinds of things. But I think at the, at the end of the day, I know there's a is a group around here called Girls on the Run. It's nationwide, yeah. but I've I've worked with yeah, them like a great organization. Oh my gosh! I mean, if you can see, it, you can be it the confidence, and it, it's girls that may never play sports, but they're part of this group. They're part yeah. of this unique environment okay. where they work on. Social and emotional aspects, so it's it's all encompassing. It's not just like oh, you have to play a sport to really appreciate girls and women's in sports. It's what it does for you as a whole from a confidence and a life perspective. And I think it's really unique that it gets recognized each year in the first week in February.
2: I think your point about confidence is really critical. Um, You know, I mean, there's various times in in all of our lives, and certainly mine, um, you know, where I've been more confident or less confident. In things, it's sort of, you know, at least for me, confidence sort of kind of comes and goes. You know, I think the thing that doesn't come and go is courage, you know, and the, you know, the courage to be able to kind of step forward and be involved in something that you're interested in, to know that you belong in it, to know that you add something unique to it because you're a part of it. And you're right, it doesn't just have to be sports, but a lot of times what you know, at least in my life, has sort of gotten me over the line on some of that is being able to look and in some way see somebody that I can see myself in. Um, You know, sometimes it's their gender. Sometimes it's, you know, we both kind of grew up a little more blue collar or, you know, there's lots of different ways we relate to each other. But seeing people that we relate to, you know, in roles or doing things that we aspire to do or want to do, I think you're right. It's absolutely critical to helping people grow and learn and be the biggest and best version of themselves they can be.
0: And at the end of the day, it's a lot about building each other up. And I mean, I know in my industry in broadcasting, you know, it can, this is a, is, is a industry that can go either way, especially for females from a competitiveness. So how do you keep that competitive edge and you always want to be better and, and you see someone else and you're like, I can do that, you know, but also building each other up along the way, not tearing each other down. And I yeah. think that's especially geez louise in this day and age with all the social media and everything else the the confidence and the building each other up is important across every gender and every aspect of life but i think it's unique in the sense that they celebrate it in the first week of february to really hone in on you know building each other up and the confidence and the courage as you state so i just think too um and you and i've had so many conversations about women in different industries whether it's in um, whether in your profession, where you're in corporate America, when you're with Best Buy and working your way up, or whether you're in sports now, just sort of, you know, breaking barriers, glass ceilings, however you want to put it. But at the end of the day, you've always said it's about leadership and it's about you as an individual. And I think that rings true.
2: Yeah, I, I 100% agree. But the elements that you're talking about in terms of how how we all see, you know, it's more, it's, I mean, it's not just our jobs, it's how we all see life. And, you know, do you see it as a place where for you to win, somebody has to lose? Or do you see it, which, you know, it's sort of probably easy to do when you love to compete and you're in sports, um, you know, or do you see it as a place where there's more than enough for all of us? And it's, it's, you know, and it's really about understanding what my gifts are, appreciating what your gifts are, and then trying to create something meaningful together. You know, and I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm old enough at this point that it's, it's for me. the latter. And and it's more fun that way, too. You know, it's interesting to go through life looking for things in other people that, you know, are unique about them, uh, and that are their own gifts, and then figuring out, you know, how you put yours with theirs and let theirs impact you in ways that create meaning that you might otherwise not have. It's uh, life becomes much more interesting, I think, when when that's what you're trying to do.
0: Yeah, and I, I just I, you know, again, a shout out to all those that came before us, especially with sports when we talk about Title IX and the 50th anniversary, but a shout out to all those because it's hard to really relate because we didn't have to experience it because of what others went through. But at the same time, I just think um carrying on sort of that legacy and that way of of being is is important for everybody that comes after us, whatever. I mean, we've done, you've probably done talks to young ladies too about your path. I've done talks to, you know, to young ladies about my path. Doesn't mean that there can't be men and boys in those same conversations, but it is unique to sort of just kind of carry on and continue to build confidence. So to leave with this, your message to the fans, anybody that's going to listen to this sound of the loons podcast from a fan perspective, a business perspective, a sporting perspective, a Sherry Ballard perspective, what, what would you want to leave folks with?
2: I hope they know this. This that's the easiest question you've asked me all day. They matter. They make a difference. When you're in Allianz on game day, that energy that you put out that inspires the players, hopefully they inspire you back, that is a flywheel. So the idea that, you know, whether the fans come or not doesn't really make a di- the fans make a difference. We love you guys. We appreciate you so much. The support has been unbelievably terrific. And the environment you create inside Allianz, one that is reflective of what we're talking about, that's accessible, that's open, that makes room for people from all different aspects of the communities, that makes room for people who have loved soccer since the moment they could breathe, to people who are brand new to soccer, that kind of environment that our fans create. Uh, Second to none, we appreciate you guys so much and uh, we love you. Can't wait to see you at Alliance in just a few short
0: weeks. Awesome. Well, thanks, Sherry, for joining me, taking the time. I know you've got a busy schedule, so thank you so much. And have a great rest of your, what the heck day is it, Tuesday? Thanks, have, a great, <laughs> have, a, have a great rest of your Tuesday. Next time we'll do lunch or coffee. You too, Kendra. It's good to see you. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Sherry. All right. See you. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for another Sound of the Loons episode right here, brought to you by Alina Health Orthopedics. Until next time, we'll chat again.